0: Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Commission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends and the issues that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava and with me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hey there Tony. I I miss you, my friend.
1: We're, <laughs> we're we're still still in this parted ways as you minister to churches across the Northeast mm. and uh and then you'll be heading out to the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah, we're driving across the whole top tier of the country. And as I predicted, Wi-Fi is sketchy at best.
1: Yeah, we, we tried to get this out on time, which our normal normal release date of Fridays. Yeah, you, you're having to try to find every Starbucks in, in Connecticut <laughs> to see which has the best <laughs> Wi-Fi. And so now, truly, you are in a bunker in someone's basement. To try in to an get,
0: undisclosed location. Try to get
1: good Wi-Fi. But, uh,
0: yeah. you know,
1: yeah. hey, we have mentioned this before. We'll mention it again. It, we're so privileged to live in a time when we have technology that we could use in order to have our conversations. And mm-hmm. even though we are in completely different states. So it's actually going to be the the topic of the day, technology. And, and we have talked about this before, of course, that that the church and missions have been forced, uh, almost kicking and screaming into using technology because of the worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. And some churches and some missionaries were better suited and in a place where it wasn't so much of a leap that they had to make in order to adjust. Mm -hmm. But then there were definitely those, it was a tremendous cavernous leap to get from point A (laughs) to point B where they would have an ability to use technology for their services, for ministry, and so on and so forth. And and I think you and I have definitely talked, Tony, about just the idea that, okay, our society as a whole has made a switch. We are now in a fast-moving technological age, and it is a means by which missions and the church has to use in order to do the task that we're given to connect with people and minister to people and to reach out to people.
0: Yeah. You know, um, you talk about the idea of some coming, kicking and screaming. I do think obviously some were better prepared to, to use technology prior to 2020, they were already live streaming. They had already embraced some of the technology, uh, in other ways, social media platforms and stuff to communicate with people when they couldn't get with them face-to-face. I have a friend up here in the New England area who takes a lot of his time, his own time. He uh, works in a ministry up here in in a local church, but he takes a lot of his own time and has helped numbers of churches in the New England area, in, in the Northeast, really outside of New England even, all over the Northeast, churches that really... Hadn't done much with technology and definitely weren't even thinking about live streaming. But 2020 hit and everybody realized, oh, we have to figure out a way to communicate with our our members and they can't get here. And so everybody turned to live stream. And he has uh, gone around from church to church to church, uh, showing them and helping them kind of build the quick fix live stream platform if you will and i'm not knocking what he's doing or even his platform i'm just saying he and i have discussed this and he said you know i've got all these churches and and basically it was just what is the the quickest and the least expensive way we can get you on to live stream and um i'm i'm currently talking with a, a pastor friend now even that uh he's he's doing that this uh this young man has helped him with that but they're looking to kind of up their their live stream and and realizing that they're probably going to have to continue live stream moving forward that it wasn't just a band-aid and so we're we're talking about maybe a little bit different approach of kind of building a foundation that they can build off of for years to come as opposed to just let's get online either way i think 2020 has taught us all uh, technology's here; it's staying, and we better learn to use it effectively uh, because we never know when we're going to be able to meet with people anymore. It seems like we have turned a corner, whether we like it or not. We are—we have to use
1: technology to our advantage as far as ministry purposes. That is hard for some uh, because you know there are some churches that would probably have railed against online you know services and things but then we're forced just by survival method to go online and so there is now this thing of okay what where do we go with this what do we do with this and it's great to know that there are some missionaries and and churches who are really embracing all that the internet offers even for evangelism purposes we we won't even talk about like for their own benefit of their churches but for even evangelism purposes where you have folks who are creating websites that will give the gospel or john three sixteen in any number of languages so that you can promote to someone hey go to this website and you're going to get a speaker in your language in in so many variety of different languages that are going to be able to communicate the message of John three sixteen plus then the meaning behind John three sixteen and go through the the gospel plan and somebody can then from any number of uh, language groups and people groups can hear the gospel presented to them and to me that's a wonderful thing they're reaching out and connecting with folks in a a new and dynamic way and to try to push people
0: to hear the gospel using online technology. That's actually understand John 316, and it's uh, understand John and then the numbers 316, all spelled out with no spaces, uh, understandjohn316.com. That's actually a, a ministry that a BIMI missionary up in the Vancouver area has uh, been working on for some time. And his vision for it really is is really incredible. It's not just understand John three sixteen and a a uh, salvation message, and I don't mean just as if that's nothing. <laughs> uh, what I mean is that he he wants to take this further and take it to the next step because you know we we understand that somebody who gets saved needs to get discipled, and right now. We may have a hard time to getting to people, and they may have a hard time getting to churches, so on and so forth. And so, understand John three sixteen is um, going to be expanded, Lord willing, beyond as you mentioned. A you can hear John three sixteen in a multitude of languages, and then hear a short salvation message that goes with that. But then also, there's a discipleship program that's going to be uh, hosted on that website as well for those people. And ultimately, um, the goal is obviously to connect them with a local church also. But the bottom line is they're reaching into areas where there aren't local churches. That brings us back to maybe why we even had this topic in the first place. And that is technology is great, but there's still a need for laborers to go and for in-person contact as well. And so uh, this is just kind of filling the gap or the void until until we can get laborers on the ground in some places and and, and actually meet with people face to face.
1: Well it's like any tool. You you can have you take even something like tracks. You can fly tracks into a village and and the Lord can use that and mm-hmm. and work in someone's heart through that old you know kind of old tried and tested means of a piece of paper that has the gospel and verses on it. But how much better when you can have someone explain and present and help connect some of those dots and answer some of the questions. I think we see that even in Scripture. Uh, of course, the the eunuch that came back from Jerusalem with a copy of the Scriptures, and, and mm-hmm. he was reading the Word of God, but yet he still had questions. And so the Holy Spirit had moved Philip to be the right person at the right time to connect with this guy. And so that's definitely what we're doing. We would never, ever advocate that Technology replaces what we can do one-on-one. God is calling people. God is calling people to the field to Mm -hmm. rub shoulders uh, amongst a group of people, learn their culture, learn their language, learn what makes them tick, in a sense, and and Mm -hmm. use that knowledge to try to break through all the hurdles to communicate the gospel. But saying all of that... It is now a a tool that is a massive tool that can be used that isn't our enemy, but it Mm -hmm. is something that can be a great asset. You know, you and I were talking even in our prep that if the Apostle Paul was around today, would he use technology? And I think the easy answer that we could kind of rightfully assume, and I think is that yes, he would have. To me, yeah, you so. you get a man who says he would he would rather be condemned to judgment so that his his people can know truth. Well, that tells me he's he's gonna try to do everything he can to yeah. <laughs> express that truth mm-hmm. and declare that truth. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it's sort of like, okay, we are now fast forward into a a, a time when everyone of all ages is now kind of broken the barrier of fear of technology 80 year olds are learning how to stream services. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kids are every day of using it for school and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And again, there's going to be positive and negatives to that. And I understand that, but it is something that the church shouldn't just see as, Oh, this is all, all that I have to stream my services and that's it. No, it, it is something that is a tool, a, a, an asset to communicate and to connect. And I think even just something simple as this, if I can, even when you, you have a live stream service and a lot of people are using YouTube or Facebook or whatever to stream a service to me, it's even having someone who is m- watching that stream within the church who can say t- if someone's kind of comments, Hey, I'm watching from some place, some city, some town in that you just kind of, Hey well thanks for coming we're we're glad to have you that there's a real live person that's there it instantly mm-hmm. makes that church feel connected a little just oh so slightly to someone else uh, who may be watching it who doesn't know and it's like oh well, they're friendly there there there's a real live person that little touch just that little touch to me it helps it helps again it's not the cure all the end all of things But it's these little things that help to say, hey, we we care about you. We want to get to know you. We are we are mindful of the person that's on the other side of that technology.
0: Absolutely. You know, um, that that statement you make about um, having somebody who responds back uh, the church that we are a part of in uh, the Chattanooga area. That's something that they do every service. Somebody actually sits and watches the live stream and monitors the comments as they come in and and responds in live time in real time uh to that person and again the goal is building relationships Mm -hmm. and obviously technology isn't going to ever be able to replace in-person relationships but if we can be creative in how we use technology we can cultivate relationships. And and then when we can get in person, it's, oh, we already kind of know each other a little bit. And, you know, I was just speaking with one of our missionaries in the far north this week. They're in a more of a city area now, but for six years, they were in a very, very remote area of uh, of the far north um, on the north shore of the St. Lawrence River in Quebec. And their ministry was basically um, from village to village. And when I say from village to village, you know sometimes literally 600 miles off the off the beaten path, no road. you mm-hmm. know it's an aviation ministry. And the conversation was based on uh, really how did they, how did they minister to those people? Because obviously they can't establish a church in every one of those little villages dotted all over the far north. And the conversation was really more about discipleship and all. But we also talked about how they went and the ground or the soil was completely unprepared when they got there. They were maybe the first people bringing the gospel into those villages. We don't know that for sure, but uh, you know, it kind of stands to reason that uh, they're so remote. Nobody was reaching out to those people what if what if somebody had been reaching out by way of technology preparing the soil so that when they got there in person it the, the lord knows but i think maybe it could have been more fruitful even that way and i think that's a way we should look at the use of technology and i think your area of the world that has a lot of the 1040 window in it yeah. and we're always going to have to send missionaries into the 1040 window boots on the ground to use a a phrase you know um that uh, people will be familiar with hopefully that we can't ever replace that but we also have to be realistic and understand we're not going to get a hundred people into the 1040 window in the next year but we could we could send just one church's live stream over there and and reach numbers of people and prepare the ground so that when we do get boots on the ground again, the soil is a little bit more prepared and maybe you're going to be able to reach people. Uh, it's kind of like that idea where, you know, people bring tracks in and then they follow up again. And uh, uh, I just think that 2020 has taught us if we don't learn this lesson, I think we will have failed really terribly in the fact that 2020 taught us you have to learn to think outside the box and and do things that we never did before and unfortunately that's scary for everybody it seems like but we're not saying technology is going to replace in-person church meetings it never can it's not going to replace in church in-person discipleship and relationships but we can use it in a way to cultivate those things
1: yeah, and, and I know, thankfully, that there are people who are coming to Christ because of, like mentioned websites before, in, mm-hmm. in India. One of our missionaries, he's converted his, his garage into a, a makeshift recording studio. Mm. And he's doing different videos and things of that nature. And not only is he using it and filming things for the benefit of his church, but he's also doing things for the benefit of the unsaved. And so he's uploading them onto a site there in India. And they're, you know, spreading the word through social media, through Facebook, through uh, Twitter. And they're they're getting heaps of views and people Mm. going to the site. When I last talked to this missionary, it was in the hundreds of thousands of people Mm. that have connected to the website. And it is just an avenue that... To get that message of the gospel out, of course, right now in the pandemic time, he can't even be in India because they're not processing um, uh, visas and things of that nature, mm. and he can't get foreigners into the country at this time. But that has not slowed down. In a sense, his what he's able to do, he's still keeping busy, still making use and he's embraced it. He's embraced yeah. it to to say, let's let's do this and let's try to uh, let's create a website. Let's create videos let's create uh, content that are going to point people to truth or answer the questions that people would have particularly for this situation Hindu you know if a Hindu is seeing this how answering the questions that uh, a normal Hindu person would have to uh, learn about the message of the gospel things of that nature and and so really taking advantage of that and some people may think and, and I already know in my mind I have uh, faces of, of people would be like, ah, oh, bah humbug, you know, just trying to push this into to technology. But I don't really see it any different than how back in the turn of the uh, you know 1900s when people started using radio in, mm-hmm. in radio towers. And people have used radio towers all across this world to br- beam the message of the gospel and beam Christian music and beam Christian songs, so on and so forth, into areas where you could not get uh, missionaries or or to do full front ministries because of any number of reasons and so we used to use radio technology and then the advent of tv and then you have that that some people would you know not many but some would take advantage and do those public access tv channels to try to get their Mm -hmm. message out on that now we've moved into this so it is just the it's it's not that different of a mindset and philosophy. It just looks different. And and probably people have kind of more of opinions about online use or Internet because of so much that's out there negative. But that does not mean that it's a negative thing to use. And, and I think even as we try to promote missions, it's something that we need to take advantage of and missionaries taking advantage of it to promote their fields and promote themselves mm-hmm. and and mission boards and mission agencies using that there's a whole generation of of young people uh, my my daughter is, is my daughters are in that generation your daughters yeah. are in that generation mm-hmm. and i know you and i have talked many times that your daughters their first por- you know kind of point of references instagram like that they right. they go to instagram and and it's often kind of humorous to hear it's like if they're what they say about uh, you know different sites or things because it's just they're part of exactly that young people looking at and Mm -hmm. and i look at that and go how can we connect with them as even a mission agency uh because that's the type of people i want i want to reach the heart of a young person and if i can use technology to try to promote southeast asia south pacific or if you can use it to try to promote the far north uh, or any number of fields that we have here at B.I.M.I. or all around the world for any mission agency for that point, yeah, uh, then that's what we're going to have to do. We we can't run and run away from it. We have to embrace it and see how can we make it work for us? Because I think we need to for try to reach to the next generation
0: even of people. You know, to that point, I think that we should we should look at this and say you know this is exciting these these are exciting mm-hmm. times you mentioned how the the missionary in india is reaching out to these these other closed nations and people are making professions of faith and by the way what that does is it reminds us of the great need for laborers because mm-hmm. now we've got believers in locations where there isn't a church and there isn't a missionary it should speak to us of the fact that there's a there's always been this great need for laborers ever since jesus put forth the prayer request right but this just reminds us once again how great the need is that uh, now we've got these people who have who have heard the gospel message who have made professions of faith who are interested enough to follow up and let this missionary know hey i've 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 received christ as savior And we don't want to drop the ball. That's only one third of the Great Commission is we've gotten them the gospel. But now it's, there's no, think about it. There's not even a church they can get baptized in, but we want to see them get discipled as well. And it just reminds me of the fact that man, we need to send out more and more laborers all over the world. But until we can, let's use every tool. And I think you make a great point with the radio and the television And really, this isn't that much different, except for this, and this should appeal to us, it's infinitely less expensive to live stream (laughs) than it is to have a radio ministry or a television ministry. And you can do it really, really well. And by the way, I think you should do it really well. Again, I want to be careful and say that my friend here in the Northeast that has helped churches get on at the the least expensive way possible, as quickly as possible. It really truly was kind of like, we just got to put a Band-Aid on this thing, right? And make it work. But now as we start to learn that this is a tool that we should be embracing, let's do it well. Thankfully, in previous generations, and again, no No knock on those generations that all they had was mimeographs to do tracks. Mm -hmm. But then with the coming on of of four-color printing becoming cheaper and cheaper, where it is so cheap anymore, nobody's going to hand out a mimeograph track when they can hand out a four-color track that is very nice presentation because we understand we wanna we want to represent well. And yeah. I think that we need to keep in mind that the live stream that we're putting out there or the website that we create or our social media platforms that we're utilizing, all are representative of who we are as a ministry, but also we're ambassadors for Christ. And so I think I wholeheartedly, I've always held the, the thought, that if, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right, and and mm-hmm. doing it the very best. That doesn't mean we spend millions of dollars, uh, but you know you can you can put together a a really good foundation that you can build off of on uh, for a live stream for a few thousand dollars and and when i speak to people and churches i try to encourage them to say this is not don't look at this at at a as a cost what is this going to cost me look at this as an investment and and what are going to be the eternal returns as fruit is born and people are saved and hopefully again we have these stories of people getting saved that's going to burden somebody's heart to go to the field and follow up and yeah. and meet with people in person it's definitely one of the things to add on that as
1: far as doing things and doing things well is when someone a church has a website to make sure mm-hmm. that it is done and it is done well the the church website and again this is in context you you're not going to have in a in a place where Christians are threatened for going to church you're not going to have a website out there. Right. hey everyone right, this right. Way, look at us So of course there's wisdom and discernment on that but for the places where by and large you know we, we, when I was in Australia we, we would have had a website you know you're in in Quebec you could have a website mm-hmm. there's no problem yeah. and so in those contexts of those kind of places it's okay. Mm-hmm. so t- it is the front door now of the church. People mm-hmm. will go to the website before they ever come to that church Absolutely. service. And what they see is going to give them that impression. I, you know, and honestly, this is an experience I just had this week. I was talking to a uh, a pastor, and he was telling me about uh, a, a, his church. And so I just was like, while I was on the phone with the pastor, now this church is a very well-known that if I said the name of the church Many people out there go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that church, mm-hmm. and so I went onto the website while talking to him. Just, just this. Oh, let me just check out what his site. And honestly, I can say I was taken aback at how poor it was. It was something that was made probably over a decade ago when churches first started sites. Mm. And now, honestly, if I was if I didn't know anything about the church. And I was new in the area. I, would, I don't know if I would give that church a second look because of how poor the website is. Now, if someone came and there's be, they'd have to overcome some obstacles. It doesn't say I would never go, but it would have to overcome some obstacles that I would have built in my mind, honestly. And that mm-hmm. is the reality of it. If I'm looking at a business, I go online and see their business. And if it has a poor website, I'm I may not go, honestly. I'll find Fine. someplace else that's a better website to do it. And churches have to learn that too, that it is the foyer. It is the lobby mm-hmm. of their building, is their website. You know, yes. there's there's church, what do you call it? There there's those guys who say, like, this is how you build a good church, and they're going to say, have signs and have this and make it all easy here. Well, to me, step number one, have a good website. And yeah. to do that, cost costs some money. Mm-hmm. It, not, again, not heaps and heaps. You don't have to sell a kidney to pay for it. <laughs> but you you do have to put it in. because The cost to to do it and do it well, because it is so critically important to connect your church to the community, Mm -hmm. because when they hear about your church's name, they're going to go to the site, first and foremost.
0: Absolutely. You know, for years, we kept stats um, on on numbers of different things. But one of the things we were really very, very interested in, uh, especially when we were in Arizona, was – uh, the people that came as first-time visitors to our church and actually walked through the door, how many of them had looked at our website or watched our live stream previously? And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that 9 out of 10 is probably not even accurate. It was probably higher than that. That you mm-hmm. may I don't know that it, we could say it was 10 out of 10, but surely 9 out of 10 had... And uh, you make a great point here. This is my, you know, we always talk about first impressions. This is now the first impression. And whether we like it or not, the fact is we live in a try before you buy society and culture. And that is, I mean, look at, you can buy cars online now Mm -hmm. and, and everything else. And so these, especially the, the, the generation Z, okay. They are definitely, they are so connected to the web and what's happening there. And we should be very interested in reaching them. Uh, but they are going to, they're going to reach out and, and look at the website and they're going to connect on live stream before they ever step foot through the door. When we were in Arizona, uh, I would I was given a lot of opportunity on a regular basis to speak to generation Z, young men especially. Uh, I did that uh, through my gym membership and would go to the gym and, and spend a lot of time talking to young men. Just brag about you going to the gym. <laughs> wait where to go Just well, you go as well. but um, <laughs> It was probably one of the best outreach ministries that i ever had was getting to talk to these young men giving them the gospel learning that they were very very interested in spiritual things but so many said to me this they would say you know i don't know if i'm ready to go to church because that's really a foreign concept to generation z even here in the united states walking through the door of a church unfortunately that's where we are let's recognize it and figure out how do we fix this and what do we do So I would talk to these guys. They were interested in spiritual things. Many would listen to the gospel. And I would say to them, hey, listen, check us out online. Watch our live stream. You'll know what our service is like and whether you're going to be comfortable walking through. And we had numbers who did that and then walked through the door Mm -hmm. as a result. Where I don't know how I would have talked them into coming otherwise, honestly. Um, Maybe I could have. But this was a really easy way because we had made the investment in a, and hopefully a decent website and decent live stream. And they, they, they took a look, try before you buy, whether we like it or not, that's where we are. And, and many, many would come to church as a result, or we had visitors or, or at least further connections and we could have further, I could go back and say, Hey, did you watch? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, mm-hmm. let's talk about what you saw. And yeah. so we're still building that relationship. And again, a great example i think that technology was used but it, it didn't replace that one-on-one relationship that i was building in the gym or wherever it was with those guys uh, but it let it, it facilitated a further conversation about spiritual
1: matters yep. and to put another kind of exclamation point to this whole idea of using technology i was on the phone with a pastor recently and this is specifically in regards to missionaries especially missionaries on deputation and the need to have an online presence. I was talking to a pastor and his church had way and above more money come in than was anticipated for use of missions. And so he called into here at BIMI and he said, Hey, I'm looking at maybe taking on four new missionaries. Can you give me the names of some missionaries that I can kind of look at, look over and so on and so forth. So i get on our website and on bimi we have the availability for missionaries to kind of plug themselves with the bio and they can put whatever mm-hmm. personal website link they want and they can do all these things and so this pastor said to me he said uh i see that you have some that have hyperlinks and some that don't uh only give me ones with the links mm. he said and he said, however many hours there are in a day, in a week, you know, hundred and you know whatever number of hours, and mm-hmm. he said, I'm not going to use some of my precious time to be hunting down online something that they could have readily available by click of a link. He said, so give me some that you recommend who only have the hyperlink where I can just click and see, read about them and see their stuff. So thankfully, there, was, there are a number that have that. So it was very easy to to give him some names. But on the other side of that, though, there were some folks that I, in my head, said, oh, let me see if this guy has, I want to promote him. And he didn't have that link. He had no online presence. This pastor did not want it. He's like, just give me some that I could find online easy. And mm-hmm. whether right or wrong, you know, whether someone can go, well, where's the Holy Spirit and all that? Hey, mm. no matter what, it impacted this guy's decision on who he was going to select it to consider as a missionary candidate for his church to support versus those he was not going to. And it simply was those who had an online presence versus those who did not. So it's an, it's necessary in every aspect of yeah. ministry, deputation, yeah. on the field, yeah. here in the States. You know, mm. our, our theme is how does it connect to our missionaries and the partnering churches? Well, this has that impact across
0: the board for all all of those folks. Absolutely. You know what? We are out of time. And I could, I could, you know, this obviously, I, I mean, this is one of those things that I'm pretty passionate about. This is one of my, my little niches that I, I, I enjoy technology. I really enjoy. Uh, thinking of ways to employ it to kind of further conversations and build relationships. Um, But the bottom line is, I understand this. It's not perfect. I mean, look, we're doing our podcast late again (laughs) Uh, for two weeks in a row because I'm on the road and I'm traveling across. uh, Well, right now I'm in New England. I'm in the Northeast. And you know as I, you were talking about your missionary in in India and I'm thinking he had better Wi-Fi than I do in the Northeast <laughs> but it just proves that it's not it's not a perfect medium but it is something that we can use and if we'll embrace we can we can use it effectively to to further the conversation about spiritual matters with lost people, connect missionaries and churches one with another, connect young people to uh, missions agencies and, and such that want to help them in their next step of service and answering the call to uh, to labor in foreign fields is it perfect no way will it ever replace in-person relationships and in-person church meetings and all no no it's not going to uh but it is a tool that we could use and we should use i think um to further the gospel mm-hmm. and uh, i truly do believe that you're right when you say paul would have used i think i think paul would have done as long as it didn't detract from the glory of god or cheapen the gospel message in any way mm-hmm. um I think, you know, let's let's at least take a look and be a part. And we could we could continue this conversation, but we definitely are out of time. And so thank you so much for listening and being a part of this uh, delayed broadcast. Uh, <laughs> the the, the tech, uh, topic of technology and, and why it doesn't work. Maybe that's the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> but until then, let's just try to uh, employ what the Lord has given to us and embrace it and use it for his glory. Until next time uh, we meet, you have a great week in the Lord. Thanks so much for listening.